and welcome into another episode of Turn the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. I'm Kieran Seckley. With me, as always, a progressive man who believes girls just want to have fun. He is Cody Stavenhagen. How you doing? Kieran, all I know is that I've switched from beer to bourbon recently. <laughs> Been just drinking straight bourbon. That's the, that's the only thing that's getting the job done. And the brand of bourbon will be determined by whoever wants to sponsor said Turning the Corner podcast. Otherwise, it's an indistinguishable brand. Will I've, not, been going, will I've been going with uh, with Long Branch by Wild Turkey, the one Matthew McConaughey advertises. I assume that they'll probably sponsor us and have me <laughs> in one of their commercials soon. Friend of the podcast, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So the Tigers played some games this week, but it was only... It was only a couple. Uh, they went uh, one and one and four, right? One and four. I'm not adding a loss on there. And so, <laughs> there wasn't a lot to talk about on the field this week. So, well, we had the draft earlier. There was the All Star game. Not really much to say about the All Star game. I see Soto get in there and you know finish an inning, not give up a run. Uh, well, I, I do want to vent about us uh, seeing David Ortiz jack around in the dugout during okay. Miguel's at bat. That was just, I mean, that just was unfortunate. Well, go, you know? go, go. I, I guess that's really all there is to it. You know, Miguel's at the plate and David Ortiz is, you know, going up calling people bro in the dugout. And then real quickly they cut to like the quarter screen and you see Miguel grounding out. And I feel like that was kind of the only mention of Miguel during the All-Star game and it was kind of usurped by It by wasn't David much Ortiz. of a legends of no. status no. and you're right that was awkward like I'm looking forward to seeing Miguel Cabrera you know go to bat in the All-Star game cuz lord knows it's probably his last and we got to we got to see that it, it wasn't just like the jacking around thing it was kind of like herky-jerky like weird camera cuz the guys like you know obviously like walking backward and Ortiz is you know bouncing from guy to guy, and you're right with the, and then just kind of go to the, to the regular camera view of the at bat, and then it was kind of over like that. It was very, uh, it was not of status of Miguel Cabrera of the reason he's there. They certainly didn't do that for Albert Pujols, uh, but you know, I, I saw that did get some criticism on Twitter. I guess maybe it was one of those things where they had kind of planned to do it that any no matter what, and you know they they had like the mechanism in place to go ahead and do this little fun segment, which the majority of the of the things that they did broadcast wise, um, you know, I thought were nice. They were cool, um, but that one it it couldn't. The 2022 Detroit Tigers could not have gone any more poorly. Example. 382 you know <laughs> yet your legend at bat and they gotta do this her- herky-jerky broadcast thing so that is worth mentioning as well and congratulations to Gregory Soto back-to-back all-star we'll talk about him here in a little bit um before we get into some broader topics Cody uh with the the team having the struggles that they're having right now. We've done a couple of vibe checks periodically. We talked about, or I say we, but you talked about how everyone kind of seems ready for the all-star break, which I know for you was zero break. Uh, and it seemed rather short just in general. What What's kind of the vibe right now in that locker room? Yeah, it didn't necessarily feel refreshed after the short all-star break at all. Um, someone asked AJ Hinch Sunday post game, basically, are you okay with the team's effort? And very rarely is a manager or a coach going to, um, criticize his team's effort level publicly. Things have to be really bad. That's probably not a good move for your team. Uh, and AJ didn't do that. You know, he said the effort's fine. I'm not sure the effort's fine. I'm seeing a team that looks pretty checked out. I'm seeing some guys think probably who know they're not going to be here next year or maybe know they're about to be traded or maybe know that whatever happens this season and it doesn't matter we'll we'll wait till next year wonder if even the coaches are or have a little bit of that going on in the back of their minds um you know i know these are competitive guys but i see a group that doesn't doesn't look very interested in coming to the ballpark right now and you know what i guess that's understandable cuz it's been an awful year 
but it's not getting any better. It's only getting worse. Well, you know, in in other instances of a team that's losing way more games than they're winning, the silver lining is often you're seeing some young guys trying to prove themselves or, you know, a veteran that is trying to prove still has it. And there are certainly plenty of candidates on this team that fit into those two categories. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, let, let's let's do some draft stuff. Let's do some draft stuff. Uh, what, one more thing to add on the vibe check. You know, we talked to Jamer Candelario on Sunday. And as we've kind of mentioned before, Jamer, uh, obviously he hasn't played well. He, for some reason, kind of escaped a lot of the public criticism that I think some other players have gotten. And after... You know, his error and, and basically two misplayed balls in the same inning on, what was it, Saturday. Um, you know, I think that kind of started to turn. And we went over to Jamer, and I feel like we were very um, gentle. And we're just like, hey, man, it's been a tough year. How are, how are you feeling? And he kind of went on to say, you know, it's, it's not just me. You know, like, I'm not the reason we're struggling. It's a team game. Uh, for some reason, he brought up LeBron James, and he's like, LeBron James and the NBA can't do it all. And I was like, I don't know how that's relevant here. And I was, I was just, I tried to ask this, like, very, like, understanding. I was like, hey, man, I know you've put a lot of work in and with your fielding the past couple years. Why do you think this year's been more of a struggle? And he said, what do you mean, struggle? You mean errors? And I was actually prepared to list off like three metrics, but when he said errors, I just shook my head and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's like, well, errors are part of the game. And I was like, this There's is a cookie cutter. This is like, this like goes, this like goes back to like the, the Chris Illich, the Al thing. Like, can we not just be real? Like, can Jamer not just be like, yeah, I haven't been feeling well. I haven't been playing well. Like, what was it? Like, he thinks he hasn't been struggling in the field. Like, does he actually believe that, or did he just not want to like get in a discussion with it, with the media? Like, I don't know if you're if you're gonna go that route, just like be more like Nick Castellanos. <laughs> I was about you know, to bring that up. Say it's a dumb question. <laughs> my, I lost. Which, my by hair. the way, that's by the way, Nick used to do that all the time. That's something you can do in Detroit, and like people aren't gonna play along with it as much when you're in Philadelphia. <laughs> Facts. Like, all the reporter in that situation has to do is okay. You know, I know you heard him. What did you right. think of the booze? It was, it was, and it was. I still would have been to, sarcastic to start a conversation. Like, it wasn't like a yeah. flat out, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in like, like I've basically seen that exact thing before. But instead of like the reporter getting pissed back, you just kind of like, all right, Nick, and then you kind of rephrase how you ask yeah. it, and then next thing you know, Nick's like giving you some yeah. amazing answer. <laughs> all very just. Like, I laughed watching That reporter was Big Matt. Before. I don't know who it was, but he <laughs> yeah. was Big Matt. Jim Salisbury, he was. he was. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Well, I have to assume it has to be something to do with not wanting to talk about it, but uh, errors of the party game just feels like the most lame duck, you know, cookie cutter little answer. And, and in fairness, like, you know, don't, they don't have to give you anything. It'd be nice if they did, but they don't have to give you anything uh, in terms of... Well, you could also say, I don't want to talk. Instead, Jamer said, it's not just on me because not one person is going to do it all. You see LeBron James in the NBA. He's the best player, and he cannot do it all. It's a game that takes a lot of people involved to win ball games and to have a successful season. Well, maybe him and Alavila got the same... Uh got the same notes when it comes to talking to the media because they seem to be really jamer the deflector is that the new nickname now uh <laughs> all right i'm done i'm gonna lay off jamer now oh, yeah. the lebron I'm, thing I'm man having, that's that's tough to I'm, get past i'm having some fun here we gotta we gotta create our own fun now given the product that we are consuming on the field jamer jamer's a very nice mild-mannered guy i just i i just couldn't like I was like, really, bro? Like, people don't want to hear this right now. And this is, like, kind of the lack of accountability thing that I think is also a little bit of a problem with this. Team. I was actually going to suggest a nickname earlier this week. Uh, I had thought of it. We should call him Sweet and Sour uh, because of some of his nice plays and not-so-nice plays. And obviously, it plays into the candy nickname. 
so Jamer was on my mind more this week than he probably should have, I'll be honest. Uh, and again, we'll get to him in a second. Um, the draft. The draft. Tigers completed, as did everyone else in baseball, obviously. The 2022 MLB draft, we talked about Jace Young, spelled with a J. I know that. I just made a dumb mistake. Sorry to everybody out there uh, when I put it in the podcast title. A week later, Cody, I still really like the pick. Uh, I I watched this team not be able to hit, and I'm just like, can you get some hitters up in her? You know, and that's a guy with a proven track record of hitting. He's had, he, he's not one that I think will succumb to pressure because he was talked about as a first round pick from the moment he signed with Texas Tech, not to mention being the younger brother of another first round pick. I think the mental makeup there is good. And based on your writing, which you can read in The Athletic if you are an athletic subscriber, he's got an attitude that I that I really like and I'm not trying to put this kind of burden of expectation on him but once he if I'll say if if he gets to the big leagues and if he establishes himself as a as I say lazily honestly a big leaguer a bona fide big leaguer I think we could be looking at an attitude version of Josh Donaldson not saying the not saying the performance, just the attitude. Like Josh Donaldson right now. Well, there there are certain things that you don't want with well, Josh Donaldson. So, so, so let's just some, say some like some teams the... need that kick in the butt. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what that's why Yankee fans love him because he's not afraid to you know be vocal and hold people accountable. And we've been talking about that for the on and off basically this entire year with this team. So if there's an attitude element and attitude grade with 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 jace young i think he grades high on that so you you got to you know talk talk with him talk to him any anything interesting to share in regards to him um you know i think i i wrote pretty much all the interesting stuff so hopefully you guys have seen that by now i mean i do think that's the thing that stood out with both he and peyton graham that's how your second round pick like just kind of baseball player looking dudes which is is now as i also tweeted my new favorite (laughs) cliche that was that was something scott Pleiss said you know hit tool good and and you know what the best thing is he's just a baseball player love (laughs) it i guess i get where that comes from because i just used it uh didn't even bring that up intentionally uh, gritty type guy seems to be competitive. Um, he was actually a very good student at tech. So I think he bragged somewhere about like finishing with a better GPA than his brother, who was also a good student. So seems to be a sharp kid. Um, I really like the bat, man. I don't know where he's going to play in the field. Maybe that's a problem down the line, but I think the Tigers got the best pure hitter that was still available in the draft, and I think you can still feel pretty good about that. You know, you brought up Peyton Graham, and I don't want to do this, but it really took me back to a couple years ago with the Daniel Cabrera pick, where it was college guy, everyone talks about how much they like the value there in the second round, you know, the phrase could have been a first round pick gets thrown thrown around a little bit. And it's not really a stretch to say that second round picks have not been the Tigers' friends of late. We've, we've done that on the podcast before. So, unfairly, I'm just expecting him not to pan out. But there are plenty of things to like about Peyton Graham and... You listed him on The Athletic as the most intriguing draft pick, which kudos to you for not taking the easy route of just going with the first rounder. Some people did. Yeah, no, I I think he's easily the most intriguing. I think he has probably a higher quote-unquote upside than even Jace Young um, because he's really athletic. He's, uh, He's considered a pretty good fielder. He can swipe bags. He's got some power. The, ba- the question is basically, what is his sheer hit tool going to become? Um, and that's where it worries me a little bit. He struggled some against breaking pitches, against off speed. He had to make some 
midseason swing adjustments at, at Oklahoma, and then he really got hot there in the second half. Another guy who seems to play hard, be real intense. Um, but is he actually going to hit, I think, is the question. Um, haven't seen him a ton with my own eyes other than a couple like College World Series at-bats. But I like, uh, I mean, I just like the, the tools. I like the makeup. Obviously, he did hit the ball in college. Um, if he can translate to that to the pros, he could have big-time upside um, intriguing because there, I think there's also a world in which he doesn't hit and maybe he does follow a more of a Daniel Cabrera path. He's going to be an interesting player to watch here in the next year. You know, personnel evaluators are just like us. They're human, right? They're toned, they're, they have tendencies and then when they go a certain direction, they tend to kind of pull back a little bit, maybe go too far the other direction. Um, forgive me for a football analogy, but there was a year where the Lions drafted like, I think four of their seven draft picks or something like that got arrested. And then the next year, they only drafted married guys. The, the thought, <laughs> the thought that was the Eric Ebron draft, I think, or maybe the year after, right around there. The thought was that married guys are more mature, right? So, so, so yeah. been a lot of high school players previously and not one, unless I miss one, not one in this draft. I tend to just naturally push back when, like, in the lead-up to the first round, I was like, look, if the, the high school arm's your best player, then you got to take him. You can't just take a college guy because you don't want to take another high school guy. You got to trust your evaluations, right? And it seemed like with we're still less than a year from, quote, the rebuild being over, and like all these moves that haven't panned out 20 games ish you know below 500 a lazy approach would say that taking all these college guys might be an instance of maybe rushing the process a little bit hoping that you're getting players that'll make the major leagues a little sooner in theory so from a general principle perspective, not anything specific about the players that were drafted. From a general principle perspective, uh, how does a all-college draft kind of land for you? Um, I don't hate it because I like the Tigers' first and second round picks. And generally, after the first couple rounds, it's pretty tough to sign high school guys. Fair, I mean, obviously, fair. it can happen, but... Um, the, you know, the big guys are either going, um, usually signing over slot or whatever. If you're getting a guy for kind of a normal slot value later out of high school, like, is he really that good? Or he's probably someone who needs to, who could benefit from going to college anyway. Um, NIL. I don't also that, yeah, that's actually changing, uh, changing a lot of things. Um, so I'm okay with it. I think the Tigers needed hitters. I think in Young and Graham, like if those guys can move through the system quickly, I think that's great for you. It would always be nice maybe to have one or two Colt Keith type mm -hmm. flyers, but um, if that's not how the draft board panned out, then then I don't really see. I don't have a huge problem with it. Yeah, it, it it's one of those things like to me that individually with the selections it's not like i scout you know these guys especially in the later rounds but yeah. individually I, it's like all right yeah i like that piece all right you know i see that potential but then you kind of look back and you're like wait did we just <laughs> we just get all college guys there wasn't a single high schooler one that could fit in there but didn't work out that way didn't work out the way not saying it's a wrong philosophy um it still also kind of felt weird if, like, if I were to throw, like, another variable into this, like, old college guys thing, it'd be if we're placing bets on whether this was Al's last draft, you know, you know we all know where the odds would be. So, it, we're going to have similar feelings like that to come trade deadline time, which is uh, coming up. So, that's kind of a weird kind of spot to be in from a fan's perspective. But, anywho, Peyton... Young, like those pieces. I think uh, I think Young might be four years to uh, four years past what would have been prime for him in terms of with the shift being outlawed. 
uh, any defensive uh, or presumably everyone, everyone thinks it's going to be outlawed. I don't know if it actually will be. Uh, the shift obviously can help alleviate some defensive uh, inefficiencies, and if it's outlawed, then he's not. You know, those could become more glaring. But the bottom line is, if if, if you're hitting. You'll, you'll deal with the defensive problems, and it will be frustrating at times, but no one no one really complains that much when you're hitting if your defense sucks, you know? So that's just it's kind of the world of baseball that we live in. All right. I have a little exercise, Cody, I did today for this podcast, and really all we're doing you we talked about it with uh when you were with dan dickerson on on the radio and things on twitter text messages with our tigers fans it's all really about looking forward so i wanted to look forward a little bit i wanted to take the 40-man roster or most of the 40-man roster i didn't put everybody down in here but most of the 40-man roster and sort of put them in some categories and some of them are actually kind of hard to place and we'll talk about that and let this be sort of a maybe this is me just doing exercise as a basis of how i'm viewing these guys and then you being somebody who covers the team knows everything so well you can kind of tell me where i'm off or where you disagree and then if you guys want to tweet at me at karen underscore steckley at Cody, at Cody Stavenhagen, our pod page, at Turn Corner Pod, for this, you know, join in this discussion, please feel free. So, here are my categories. Franchise pillars, potential pieces, prove it guys, which I know sounds similar to potential pieces, but I put potential pieces of guys who have established themselves more. Prove it guys, we're still trying to figure out if they can Basically be... prove you're going to stay on the roster. Yes. Riding it out. Obviously, guys won't be here very long. And here for now. So those are my categories. I think the... What's what's the difference between ride it out and here for now? Ride it out means there is... The exit ramp is in sight. Whereas here for now just means like... We're coasting, if that makes sense. Okay, okay, sure. And it'll, I think it will make more sense uh, once we get to the name. So, franchise pillars. I think these are easy. Obviously, Riley Green's in there. Tarek Schoolbull's in there. By virtue of contract, I put Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez in there. I still have Casey Mize in there. Uh, and uh, we're going to get to the point where we're going to forget about Casey Mai. So I wanted to sort of like, (laughs) Hey, by the way, this guy who, uh, also wrote down everybody's age. I'll say their age and their free agency year were relevant. And, uh, Casey, and just for the sake of symmetry, whatever year they turned this year. So I wrote down a year, you know, a year older, if they turn whatever age in like two months or whatever. So whatever age they turn this year. So Casey's still 25, Scooble turns 26, uh, Baez 30, Eduardo Raggi is 29, Riley Green 22, and I got Spencer Torkelson in there as well, obviously, 23 years old. Any pushback on those? Uh, no, I think okay. you nailed it. So potential pieces. So these are guys that, in some instances, were already considered pillars but have fallen, or we're just not really sure their long-term uh how to project them long-term on the team. So what I mean by that, number one, Gregory Soto. He would be a pillar if this team was relevant and you're not going to trade him, but because he's just going to be in trade discussions, 26 years old, uh, free agency is the year 2027 for him. Um, He's a guy that's going to be in trade rumors the next couple weeks, so I have him as a potential piece for that reason. Bo Brisky. 24 years old. I think he's proven the ability to be a guy, potential peace guy. I put, I had, a, I, that was the one that was between prove it and potential peace. I went more to potential peace, but maybe people will disagree. Alex Lang, somebody that we've mentioned as 
perhaps a guy should Soto get traded, he gets more of a leverage look, closer look, you know, see see what you got in him. Speaking of Nick Castellanos earlier. This is another one that I kind of tweeted with a little bit. Joe Jimenez. So, free agent, free agent in 2024. He's 27 years old. I still think we there's more to the Joe Jimenez tank than than what we have seen basically since Hinch got here. It's been up and down, but I have it's more up than down in my opinion. So, potential piece, former All-Star, so I didn't want to put him in the prove it. I want to give respect for being an All-Star. And it's not it's not old, but he's not young. You know, there's Soto gets traded, does he go up? You know, there's there's something there. Uh Matt Manning. Matt Manning's a guy that would have been in the in the pillars, but you know, I, I don't feel good enough to put him in there. Austin Meadows. Mainly be uh he's twenty seven, his free agency is two thousand twenty five. Another guy that's obviously way better than what he's shown in a Detroit Tigers uniform could not make up the list of things that have gone wrong for him. I know we got an update on him this week as well, and not a good one. Another guy that's kind of on the forgotten train, uh, Kyle Funkhauser, who also had some bad news this week. The st- the reason, like, There's a reason we were talking about him the way we were preseason, and he is 27, he's a free agent, in 2028 so that also you know going for him that kind of team control spencer turnbull speaking of forgotten 30 years old 2025 so obviously the next two years will be big for him post tommy john and alex fayeto 27 years old so those are my quote potential pieces any thoughts on those yeah i think you get those right for the most part i I think some of them are a little bit between. Like, Bo Brisky, maybe he's a potential piece. I still think he has things to prove. If he was 27, um, like I would have So the yeah. age thing plays. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Kyle Funkhauser, he's probably about to have surgery. He'll have missed a full year. Really, we're just going on the second half of 2021 Fair. and calling him a piece. Like, I think, unfortunately, the injury almost bumps him back more to prove it. Joe, yeah, who knows? Like, he's been last year, he was probably more proven. He's kind of played himself back into being a potential piece, or starting to think maybe he's a guy that's just going to, like, could get traded at this deadline yeah. because teams are going to like the metrics with him and stuff. Um, but I don't have any strong objections otherwise. All right. Well, since they're so close, let's go ahead and go into the. Uh... And to prove it. This might be a good one. Would you count Jake Rogers as a potential piece? To um, prove it or a about, piece. He's about to get there. In between. Yeah. Uh, because his name is scratched out on my notes because I changed my mind a couple times. In the prove it <laughs> section, let's go right there. Jake Rogers, 27 years old, free age or team control until the 2027 season. I actually had initially written him down in the potential piece because I was like I was like at worst he's a backup catcher, right? So backup catcher figured out, you know, it, maybe maybe you can have that in your back pocket, but then I was like, well, we're we're just still the sample size is not there for it'd be disrespectful yeah. to include him in the same category as like Austin Meadows. So I was yeah. so I put him in the purpose. I think I th- I think if the purpose of this exercise is to identify like what the Tigers actually have then he's more yeah. prove it, and Brisky's prove it, and Funkhauser's prove it. Um, really, basically, have to have experience or, or, just be a very highly regarded player to be a potential sure. piece. So I put. And there's a lot of bullpen arms, obviously, that we're talking about with the bullpen that they have. Will Vest. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to go here. Here for now, and then that's not even a knock on him. That's yeah. more a knock on like. The nature of middle mm-hmm. relievers, most of them are, you just kind of recycle yeah. them every couple years. 27 years, years old, uh, free agent in 2028. Here's one, uh, and you wrote about him this week, Akil Badu. 24 years old, free agent, 2027. 
I think everybody got their hopes up when he uh, found his form in Toledo. Has not translated. He did. He did have a nice outfield grab the other day, but he's he's not hitting right now. And what was it? Oh, and thir- oh, oh for thirteen at one point. You know this uh, post post All Star break. It's it's tough. It's tough. The age thing gives me a little bit of hope, but he's got to prove it. Yeah, I think it's way too early to give up on Akil Badu, but what the Tigers are going to face is like, where does he fit on next year's roster? If you're serious about trying to build this thing up and try to contend again next season, I think he's you're hoping to bring in another outfielder and he's probably competing for a fourth outfield job at best next camp. Um, unless he really heats up here down the stretch. Uh, so the problem is just like, you don't have room for him to continue to learn at the big league level, kind of like you did in 2021. True. Uh, there's this one I almost put in another category, and I'll get to that category in a second. But uh, Willie Castro, Willie Castro, twenty five, free agent, two thousand twenty six. He is actually hitting a little bit better than I honestly wanted to admit when I was doing this research, um, and his fielding has gotten a lot. Or you know, metrically, it's nice and. Um, it's nice. Go look, nice his, that... uh, go look at his stat cast for like outfield jumps. Oh, Apparently, he's like doing great. <laughs> so we are we are idiots. Willie Castro. Willie Castro. Uh, the the arm is real too, and uh, if he could just figure out how many outs there are, then we'll be we'll be a little <laughs> bit better. I don't know if he would admit that, but today he definitely thought there was one out when there were two outs, and he caught a fly ball and like threw it in to. Like to to the cutoff man essentially it wasn't one of those casuals it was like get the ball that's in. not the first time <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's done that this year but his OPS plus is eighty so this then again like <laughs> I don't know like he's gonna have to hit better man like he's not doing terrible and on the scale of the current Tigers like I I don't know he has two home runs like he's not actually <laughs> proving that he's a good hitter you know so. I think on a more competitive team, like he would be more like a here for now type category, but by the, the virtue of things and every now and then when he does something great or when he is hitting the ball hard, you're like, okay, we can just untap this more consistently. So I do think he very much fits the profile of a prove it type player. Yeah. And he just, you know, we talked about attitude. I don't know about like effort i'm not watching you know in person so i don't want to speak on on that kind of stuff but in terms of attitude he seems to always have a smile on his face uh his teammates seem to like him yeah no i agree i think he's good behind and, the scenes and, One of the and ones. so and the age thing you know we think of badu as this like pup castro's a year older wow. and, and so that's that was part of like my justification is like well god he is still young there's defensive versatility we can laugh at why he had to move to the outfield but you know if the guy has an outfield glove and an infield glove then he's automatically versatile um i don't know and 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 if there if, if there ever is a way to tap into what he did a couple years ago you know he'd be he'd be a potential piece, but it's looking like that won't happen. However, for the sake of being fair, it could happen. So therefore, he is a prove it guy. All right, back to the arms for a second. I have Jason Foley, Tyler Alexander, and Joey Wentz also in this prove it. Um, I think I'd like to see Foley in a little bit more leverage situations. Tyler Alexander is a guy that... I mean, I remember when you first were on the beat, we were having a conversation. It's like, you just got to put Tyler Alexander in the majors. Like, like he's been in the system long enough, blah, 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 college guy. And lo and behold, he became a serviceable pitcher. Hasn't really gone that way this year. But he is... Uh, he's 28. 
He's been really good since his return. Yes, he has. He has. He has. Like, he's yeah, been, he's been great. And he's going to be back to starter Todd <laughs> this next week. So I'm excited by the way, if you Google him, the image is him in a Phillies uniform. It's really weird. Um, and uh, he's a free agent in 2026. And then Joey Wentz, uh, 2025, I believe. No, no, no. He's 25 years old. I, no, we're not doing service time yet with him. So those three guys I kind of lumped together. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, Foley, I think for sure, is one one track to have a spot pretty much locked down in next year's bullpen. But to prove he's a real, like, long-term piece, he's got to show more, a little bigger sample. Tyler Alexander, poor guy. Like, he's done well at pretty much everything you can ever ask him to do. But I think he's just kind of a a swingman Swiss army knife by nature. And if there's ever a day where he's no longer doing it for the tigers, he'll probably go do the exact same role somewhere else. Um, probably Joe, on a winning team with a winning culture. Well, and everybody would be yeah. like, why, why did Detroit let him go? <laughs> and yeah, Joey Wentz, um, talented arm this year. hasn't really gone. He hasn't thrown as well as maybe he hoped. It's his first year back from Tommy John and he's, he's had, some other shoulder injury uh, that seems to have lingered. So hopefully we get to see him healthy for a longer period of time at some point and, and see if he's actually a big league starter. Rounding out this list is Eric Haas, who is 30, big 3-0, and uh, is a free agent in 2027. Uh, it seems like he, uh, he seems like he's hitting the ball better. He's got that. He's got that. Uh, he he's got that wave that. That's all we know of Eric Haas's bat as a major leaguer. He's got that wave, and it's gone up, or it's on the upward trend right now. Uh, not a guy I'm ready to give up on. Obviously, that's why I put him here. Not a guy that I'm willing to bang the table for. Yeah, that's something the Tigers are going to have to figure out this coming off season. You're going to get Jake Rogers back. You're going to want him in the big leagues in 2023. So are you prepared to roll with just Haas and Rogers, Or do you want to try to bring in another? It's pretty much the same crop of guys every year, one of these veteran catchers. And you've tried that several times and it's never really worked out. But I still think maybe you'd feel a little better about that than just Haas and Rogers. Uh, I don't know what the answer is there. Like, I think it's entirely possible Haas is on this team next year. I still lean a little more toward just here for now because he doesn't, he's just a backup catcher with some power who's probably going to bounce around for a few more years. And I, I think that's just kind of what he is. You know, I was kind of thinking it's maybe a shame isn't the right phrasing, but I was hoping that his bat was like good enough that there be an excuse to throw him some starts in left field more and Mm -hmm. is it really that simple it's just like he hasn't he hasn't had the need to put his bat in the lineup or i mean with all the injuries um yeah willie castro moving to the outfield has changed that now you got a keel back although with torque down you know i think someone asked aj like could haas go back to getting reps at first base and he's like no probably not keeping it simple maybe um i think i think you could get awesome reps at first if you really wanted to continue to find ways to get them in the order um so did you not have alex fiedo in the prove it category? i had him in the potential piece um yeah. oh you did you did okay i would i would lean more toward prove it there was, like there, I like it was a back and forth for me for shown, sure but yeah uh, okay and he's hurt again he's true. gonna miss the rest of the season like is he ever gonna be healthy yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I have no pushback to that. I went back and forth with him between proven and potential piece. Uh, all right, I have a category that I called, and I mean this in a respectful way. I mean this in a respectful way. I have a category that I called cockroach, where it's just hard for me to envision these two players just like not being a part of the team because all they do is survive. All they do is survive and find their way onto uh, being on the Tigers, and that's Harold Castro and Victor Reyes. Like, I just, like... <laughs> Isn't that the truth, man? <laughs> I, I, I was like, actually, originally I wanted this to only be a Herald category, but I was like, Victor's, you know, there's a lot of similarities with Victor. It's just like, it just seems like they always find a way, 
And obviously Harold didn't have to go down or whatever, but they always find a way to be in the discussion, in the rotation, getting at bats. Uh, Harold playing all over the field, including pitching. Uh, it's just, it's hard for me, for, for the record, he's 29, 2026, or excuse me, he's 26, 2000, I think I might have gotten that right. He's not 26, is he? Yeah, I guess so. Well, 2029, I believe, if my notes are correct, I'll maybe have the producer double-check that, is his uh, free agency year. It just it just is impossible for me to figure out that a way in which he's just not on the team. Like, he's just going to be on the team. And Victor Reyes, in a lesser fashion, but in the same way, it's just hard for me to figure out the way they're not on the team. It just seems like all they do is survive. Cockroach category. No, you're not wrong. Uh, in an ideal world, you're, those guys finally get pushed out because you just have too competitive of a roster. I still think that could happen to Reyes um, as soon as next year, like because you have Meadows if you add in the outfield. But he can certainly stick around and battle for a fourth outfield job next year. And Harold, Harold's been one of your best producers this season. That's not necessarily saying it a lot, but... Um, it's going to be tough to just get rid of him. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. For the Thank record, you. correct myself, I wrote it down wrong in my little system of scribbles. Uh, free agent 2026, he's 29. Or he turns 29. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I was going to yeah. say, it's, there's no way it's 2029. 20, yeah, so that was uh, yeah. a mistake on my part. But that's all All he does is hang around. So those are those are the cockroach category. Um, let's kind of bang through the here for nows. Had I actually I had originally put Willie Castro in here, but I was like, no, he's he's getting too much play, so he's got to he's got to go into the prove it. Um, I got guys like Zach Short, Garrett Hill, Derek Hill, Daz Cameron, Elvin Rodriguez, Ronnie Garcia, Daniel De Jesus, uh, Cisnero, mainly because of his age. Um, Drew Hutchinson, Cody Clemens. Um, there's a mix of old and young there in this category but it just in order to avoid being in this and i don't want to make it seem like i'm criticizing these guys but like in order to avoid being this category for me i had to sort of like come up with a uh, a selling point and these guys had lesser selling points than other players in my mind so uh any any pushback there nope yeah, I mean, it's not to say that, you know, Cody Clemens doesn't bring, you know, that he brings nothing or, you know, that obviously I love, I love Derek Hill, but we just haven't, we just haven't gotten it to where I have to put you in a, in a prove it situation. Yeah. Yeah. If you were, if you were to be optimistic, you could put all those guys and prove it and, oh, what if they pan out? I think that's part of the Tigers problem is like, at some point you have to accept that you can't just hope that the Cody Clemens type pans out. You have to go get someone who uh, is already more proven or has a higher ceiling or whatever it may be. I think realistically, all those guys are more just here for now. All right, so the last category I had was the riding it out. So you said, well, what's the difference between that and and here for now? Well, like I said earlier, there's, all these guys have a exit ramp in sight, so... The most obvious one would be like uh, Miguel Cabrera, where obviously he's going to retire in a year or two years or whatever. So like exit ramp is there. Um, I put Chafin in this category because I just assume that a player with a player option is going to opt out so they can get as much money as possible. That's the, you know, financially speaking, it's the right thing to do and not like... Uh, I go. I guess maybe he doesn't care about this because he doesn't watch baseball. But, <laughs> but not like you know the most winning situation where you want to like just stick around. You know, you go get go get your money. I respect it. I put Michael Fulmer in this category because he's a guy I wanted to put in potential piece because I think there's higher. I think there's a world where he's. A little bit higher on the back end of the bullpen uh, rotation. I say that after he didn't pitch well today. But um, he's a guy that I think you have to trade. Because I think he's going to leave in free agency. He is 29 years old. 
And as a professional baseball player, he's never had the ability to choose his employer. So I think he's going to take full advantage of that, as he should. And I think you have to trade him for anything you can get. I agree. Michael Pineda, uh, uh, free agent after this year. Not like yeah, any- that one's over. No, not like anyone's banging the door to you know keep him around. Asking uh, asking Chris to open up the paycheck, um, or checkbook, I should say. Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart. Yeah. What? How do we feel about Tucker Barnhart? Because you know, he's a free agent after this year, so that's obviously why he's in this category. Uh, there's intangible stuff that it seems like everybody loves, but he's, what is he? Did I write down his age? Uh, I didn't write down his age, but I believe he's like 30, 31. And yeah, I'm proud of this all. You know, we talked about Haas and Rogers and all that stuff. And with respect to what Tucker does handling the pitching staff, it just seems like there's not really a reason to keep him. Yeah, uh, again, it's it'll be interesting to see how they handle catcher. Assuming the Tigers can't like trade for a more bona fide catcher, um, I wouldn't hate the idea of trying to bring Tucker back for just like one or two million because I think that's probably all he's going to get from anyone. I think he'd probably get he's right, good at that value. I like it. Yeah. I think he'll probably get a major league deal. I don't think there's the Tigers aren't going to pay him seven and a half million. I don't think anyone else is either. I think the question is like. Is there a team that's willing to give him three or four million to be to be kind of their defensive backup? I don't know the answer to that question, um, and I don't know. He's got to hit like a, at some point this year, probably to even justify that. For now, it looks like it looks like you know he's probably on his way out. Willie Peralta, I put in this category. Not to say that they can't bring him back, but. Mm-hmm. Probably more like a here. He's, he's oh a, no, he he's is. A, he's on a, a yeah. Mind, yeah. So just because of age and yeah. contract yeah. is kind of where I put him in, in that category. Little little veteran talk. Jonathan Scope. Now he's got player option, right? Uh, is it after this year? He's got the player option. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's not going to exercise it because I don't think after hitting 200, he's going to get a pay increase. I I think this is going to be as good as it gets. And keep in mind, Scope's a guy who has tested the free agent waters before. Um, almost didn't look like he was going to rejoin the Tigers for the 2021 season, but seemed like no one else really wanted him. And he was floated around in trade talks last year. I think the Tigers always wanted to extend him, but if anyone was interested in acquiring his services, they definitely didn't offer much. Uh, so I think... The Tigers, like, I think scope is a very interesting question you have to answer in constructing next year's roster. Like, are you okay with him being your guy at second base? I think he's brought enough defensive value that maybe so. And as rough as the hitting's been, he does have a track record. Like, he could always be a little bit better next year. Um, but that that's the type of question the Tigers have to answer. He is under contract, so the other option is like try to make him into a utility guy. I think he's almost too good at second to to mess with that, or to like just cut bait and eat the salary. And I think he makes a little too much for them to do that. Um, regardless, next season is probably his last as a, as a Tiger, so you're still riding it out, but. Um, Scope's kind of a big question mark in terms of the configuration of next year's roster, I think. Well, bully for him that there's not really anybody trying to steal his locker or his spot on the field. And <laughs> he's 31 years old. I don't know if I already said that. He's 31 years old. And I think your best case scenario is you have somebody develop in the system or whatever that can play some second base. Scope hits next year, and you trade him. I think that's probably, if you're looking at best-case scenarios for roster construction or whatever. Right, definitely. Um, and then, because at this point, no one's really going to expect contention next year, right? So you, you, you hope that he hits and that you can trade him to some team in a pennant race, and then you have a young guy kind of in uh, 
in the wings kind of ready to to get his shot um and i do value the defense i i I like having someone of his like caliber you know gives me confidence when the ball is hit or that he's gonna be able to make a play or whatever um He's very smart. I like that he's gutsy, too. We've talked about that before with some of his decision-making out there. But there's he's on he's riding it out because he's not going to be here post-2023. Uh, talked about him earlier. Jamer Candelario. There's a lot of people kind of speculating, and I mean just Twitter people, not like reporters, really, but like speculating like he's a DFA candidate. Um... It, or not tendered, excuse me. Uh, not tendered. Oh, now reporters okay. are speculating okay, that now. So, too, uh, so. I didn't want to give credit. Uh, it, it's now. heading that way. Now, a, a, a good August or September could easily change that conversation. Um, but he better tender it around soon, or he's he's a prime non-tender candidate. I think that just the only other question is like, what else are the Tigers going to do at third base? Because there's not. Like I've said, I, I, the free agency pool isn't overly impressive. Um, the big question would be, like, would you consider signing another shortstop, maybe playing the Correa game again right. and moving someone else to third? Like, we'll have all offseason to talk about those scenarios. I think um, unless things change real quick, Jamer is probably going to get non-tendered. Same thing, though, in terms of, like, what's my selling point if I want to sell you on Jamer Candelario? It's... It's not really much to sell. I mean, I as uh, a guy that I've led the league in doubles, you know, he did back to back Tiger of the year. He's got some yeah. selling points. It's just this year he's been a completely different. Nothing in the player. year of our Lord, two thousand twenty-two, unfortunately. Yeah, and and a victim of his own success a little bit because last year he got himself paid some. True, made five point million, five point eight million um, as an ARB eligible player, and he hasn't been worth five point eight million this season. That's how the business works. Nine years old. Uh, 2024 is his uh, free agency year. And uh, rounding this out, Robbie Grossman, who... I don't want this to sound personal. And obviously, I'm not around the team, so it's not like it's any sort of like observation. But I just... I feel nothing. Like I was talking about with like Willie Castro earlier. The opposite is how I am reading Robbie Grossman. That's probably, not probably, it is unfair of me to say from afar, but it just, like I see I see the lineups and I'm like, Robbie's third, hitting Robbie. Robbie Grossman's hitting third. And that's not me criticizing AJ because what are you going to do? But uh, I just get, I, nothing emotionally, no emotional juice gets in me when I, when I see either Robbie at the plate when he's got to make a throw from the outfield, when I see his name in a prime spot of the lineup, he's a free agent. These are his last games in a Tigers uniform. I feel pretty, uh, pretty confident saying. Yeah, kind of crazy. This time last year, I was saying, "Hey, maybe tackle yeah. on a, another year on yeah. that Grossman contract." We both liked it, yeah. And and last year, I really liked Grossman, and this year, obviously, he's high on the list of guys who have underperformed. And it's clear, like corner outfield especially, you need to bring in a dude who can actually really hit at, at, at least one of those corner outfield spots. Um, yeah, his contract's expiring. There's pretty much no chance he, he will be back. All right, so just to do a quick recap of my list. Um, Pillars, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal. Javier Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, which again, you sign five and six year deals. Uh, you're you're <laughs> you're a pillar. Although, for another time, I think it'd be fun off season to speculate about uh, what Javier will do with that player option after next season. That that'll be a fun topic to follow. Potential pieces: Gregory Soto, because your best trade chip. So what do you do? Bo Brisky could be in a lower category. Alex Lang, Joe Jimenez, Matt Manning, Austin Meadows, Kyle Funkhauser, also could be in a lower category. Spencer Turnbull, Alex Fajardo, also could be in a lower category. Prove it, guys. Will Vest, Akil Badu, Willie Castro, Jake Rogers, 
Jason Foley, Tyler Alexander, Joey Wentz, Eric Haas. Uh, here for now, Cody Clemens, Garrett Hill, Derek Hill, Daz Cameron, Elvin Rodriguez, Rooney Garcia, Angel De, De Jesus, Jose Cisnero, Drew Hutchinson. And the cockroach category of guys I just can't envision not being on the team because all they do is survive, Harold Castro and Victor Reyes. I didn't put every man on the 40-man. There's some guys that were from trades and you know we haven't seen, so I was like, I can't really speculate on those guys. So... So those are, oh, I'm sorry, writing out Robbie Grossman, Andrew Chafin, Miguel Cabrera, Jamer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnhart, Michael Pineda, Michael Fulmer, Willie Peralta. Guys, either you know are going to leave. Mm, you forgot You forgot Drew Hutchinson. I had him, I, I had him in, uh, in for now. I had him in for now. Okay. 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 And, uh, and so, so, yeah. So that's my list. You guys disagree with it? Anything that I said or Cody said, feel free to. Give us some respectful feedback on Twitter. You know, respectful Twitter. We like respectful Twitter. And uh, and tell us who you, you know, potentially see as pieces or prove it guys or, you know, pillars or whatever if I missed anybody on the pillar section or, you know, whatever. So uh, we mentioned him a couple times. Kind of wrap up with this Eduardo Rodriguez. We got an update, as did the Tigers. And first of all, I want to say, because we – Try to be fair with with his situation. Glad everything's good. Glad things are well sure, with his family. Definitely. That's obviously more important than anything else. That being said, uh, this whole like going through a it, the spring training ramp up thing, it's just I can't not laugh. It's just really silly that we're doing this. You know, late July. <laughs> the guy you signed for almost a hundred million dollars and disappeared and didn't talk to you and it's like all right well we're in contact with him now and you know we know what he's been doing throwing wise so we're gonna get him into like a lakeland ramp up and then do some outings and and you know we'll you know by late august we think we might be able to have him okay like does anyone not realize how weird this is? How silly this is? Like, I'm sure they do, but like this, it's like you you did one of those, and this is not criticizing you or the you know the athletic or whatever, but one of those like sort of like breaking news type stories where you kind of like contextualize everything and give updates or whatever. And it's just so weird that I have to read about that in that format, which would be like if the Tigers traded X player or if they. You know, if something really major happened, that's the kind of story you would write. That's how that that's how you guys do it at the athletic, and I think it's a great thing. But it's so weird that I have to read that about your opening day starter finally being in contact with the team, and he's going to go through a throwing program, and maybe in a month we'll see him. <laughs> but I'm glad everything's good. With yeah, him. I'm glad. Really weird. I am. Surprised that he's coming back this season. Um, still don't know a lot about what went on behind the scenes. AJ Hinch was even asked, did he reach out to you or did you reach out to him? And he said, it doesn't matter. We got in contact. So I don't really even know. I guess from that, like he must've been feeling some pressure after the voided contract thing got brought up is just my guess, my personal guess. Um, so, but at least there's a resolution or a resolution in sight. At least he's healthy. At least he's going to, uh, return to baseball. I think it would have been better off if maybe you could delay this until next year and kind of maybe try to start a new next mm-hmm. spring. Um, if Eduardo wants to come off the restricted list though, there's basically no mechanism for the Tigers to like, no, don't get your paychecks. No, (laughs) right. Yeah. That would probably not fly with the players association. Uh, curious to see if he actually returns this year though, because this guy ramped up short in spring, you know, all that had a minor injury, went AWOL for five weeks. Now you're going to basically have him go through another spring training what are the chances he gets through this rehab assignment healthy? Or let's even think about next year. I'd be concerned about mm-hmm. his health because this is just an odd thing that doesn't seem like it's going to be good on his arm. Um, so will he actually make it up to the bigs this year? Will he be healthy next year? Those are two of my big questions. 
in addition to just what's it like going to be like the day when Eduardo walks back into the clubhouse. What's up, guys? Going to be real awkward. <laughs> How's it been? Going to be How's real awkward. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to be able to dodge the media this time. And is he going to be, like, forthcoming? Or, like, is he going to be, like, what's that going to, how am I, like, it's not really going to be a fun day, but it will be very interesting. If only you were allowed to, like, uh, like Facebook Live that or something, you know, like Instagram Live, just <laughs> yeah. just the interaction or whatever. That that'd be priceless. Uh, all right, actually, one more thing I wanted to say in in sort of a, a, a tongue in cheek manner. Uh, Bally Sports broadcast today said that Miguel Cabrera had the second most opposite field hits in the major leagues this year. He has 39 entering the day, and I don't believe he got one today. That is second to Freddie Freeman's 45, just ahead of DJ LeMahieu. So I ask you this. Is that more of a credit to Miguel Cabrera, or is it more embarrassing for Major League Baseball that uh, more guys (laughs) don't have more than 39 opposite field hits as we sit here near August? Ooh. Ooh. I'm a little conflicted on this one. We were talking about Luis Arias in the in the dugout earlier and how he's just a bat to ball master and kind of uses the whole field and he's basically a juiced up like not juiced up in terms of like he's juicing but he's like a souped up souped leveled up, up her- souped up Harold Castro you know like that's that's what he is and it's like he's kind of a throwback player and the league used to have more guys like that I think and I like the way he plays the game i think it's fun to watch him hit i think again uh for like a dh only i don't love that miguel's like this opposite <laughs> field singles hitter but in terms of like i don't know like it's, an, it's, it's cool. guy, there, there's still some value in hitting the ball and getting on base like as much as i love metrics as much as i don't hate power the modern game i can't decry someone taking the ball the opposite field to the opposite field for a single in fact i still like to see that from time to time um, so I guess my answer is, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think everyone needs to go back to trying to be opposite field singles hitters. If you have the ability to freaking hit a double or a freaking home run, why would you not do it? Why would you not attempt to do so? Uh, but I do think there can be more of a happy medium in that. And in, in maybe, you know, a few more guys use the opposite field a little more often, maybe with two strikes, whatever it is. Um... And there are only a few who still really do it with that art, and Miguel's one of them. I do believe it is a credit to Miguel. I do also believe that there are many major leaguers who should be hitting the ball. Like, like what's the average in baseball right now? Like 240? I know average is, is, is it, it 230? Yeah. At one point it was in the yeah. 230s. I think it's come yeah, up so since then. Let's, just, yeah. let's say 230 to 240. There's a lot of guys who go forward to try to hit the ball the other field. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. There are a lot of them on the Tigers. There are a lot of these dudes trying to be these power hitters, and they just aren't. So maybe they would be um, all-around better players if they use the opposite field. Maybe we've solved it. <laughs> Self-awareness is one of the best traits you can have. Uh, anything else, Cody, you want to get into? Um, not a lot. Hey, if you guys have any, any story ideas, um, shoot me a DM on Twitter. DMs are open. Uh, whether it's about the current team or maybe something in in the past you'd like to know more about or you know th- hopefully something off the wall and interesting and, and like a good human interest story um tigers related major league baseball related let's just say the well is a little bit dry right now with the current <laughs> team i could use some good story ideas i want to finish my second half strong uh. even if the tigers don't um i was trying to think of some stuff today and i was like Oof. CBH, I just had a big project like kind of fall through. It's not going to be published so that for a variety of reasons. Uh, so that was a big bummer, and so I was just like, man. <laughs> I'm looking at all the names on the 40-man. Like, I've either already written a great profile on this dude or like there's just nothing to say about him. It's like trying to think of like trends. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't know. So anyway, anyway, anything you guys want to read, maybe dig back into the past a little more. Uh, since my idea is my way, I hope I'm – write a few good stories for you guys before before this season is over. And he is at Cody Stavenhagen. I am at Kieran underscore Steckley. Our pod page is at Turn Corner Pod. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, 
I hope it was a more fun listen than it was watching the majority of the games this week. Let's just let's just phrase it like that. We had fun doing it despite the the on the field product. So hope you guys subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Five star review if you feel so inclined. Appreciate all kind words that come our way. Uh, it means a lot. And please subscribe to the Athletics so you can read some of these amazing stories that Cody will inevitably pluck out of thin air and leave you guys more informed and more entertained than you otherwise would be. So for Cody Stamenhagen, I'm Kieran Steckley. Everybody have an amazing week.